Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. It's so great to have you here with us. On Wednesday, June 7th, 2023, super excited for the off-season content to continue to come your way. Again, a reminder, we're only doing three shows a week during June and July here on the program in August. When we get close to the start of fall camp, you'll be back to five shows a week to watch and enjoy here on the program. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to uh, like this podcast Give us a five-star rating and written review on whatever podcast platform you so choose. Subscribe, get updates on the new episodes as they post. Uh, Also, watch the show daily on YouTube. Give us a a like there. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Comment down below. Uh, We love interacting with you on every every platform that we've got. Follow us on Twitter as well at Elo underscore Blue Devils. And I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Super excited to have another fill in the blank episode here today with my good buddy Brian Horace at Duke Blogger on Twitter. Brian, I have so much fun with these episodes. We've got uh, six fun topics to sort of fill in the blank for. Are you ready to rock and roll, my friend? Yes, sir. Let's roll. I love it. Let's get to it. So, uh, first topic up here today is this one. As a fan, the one ACC venue, other than UNC, I really want to see Duke play in is blank. UNC kind of felt like the easy answer. So uh, I'd be curious what everyone would say to this question. Um, As a fan, I kind of want to go to PNC because they always seem to have, uh, (laughs) NC State always seems to have some sort of magic that they use against Duke in that arena. (laughs) So I'm just curious to see what that feels like. It's uh, it's always been a tough place for, for Duke teams to play. Hasn't it? And I think that that's kind of the way I looked at this question. Like what have been the trickiest places over the years where, you know, um, the Virginia series is always really competitive, mm-hmm. but Duke has been pretty successful uh, there in Charlottesville, which is crazy to think about such a big program there. But NC State has definitely had their big moments in their home games against Duke. A place like Miami, oh, seeing yeah. the Blue Devils play a road ACC game there, they always feel to have the number. But I tell you, <laughs> one that also comes to mind for me is Castle Coliseum, man. What is the the, the voodoo that takes place every time Duke makes a trip up to Blacksburg because they find a way to get it done. Yeah, that that's I don't know what it is. It's it's there's there's a few arenas like that. Also Florida State as well. Yeah, they they just they just they get up for those games. I mean, they really get up for them. <laughs> uh, UNC was the obvious answer. Like, if I let that be an answer, is that the direction you would have gone just to be able to say? You saw a Duke Carolina game in, in Chapel yeah, Hill, or does it not mean that much? It does. It's one of those things that, like you, you know, it's it, that that kind of game sticks with you forever. You know, you can say, "Oh, I, I saw Duke at Chapel Hill." <laughs> yeah. that's, no kidding. Regardless of the outcome, that's just a place you want to see it. I mean, that's the ultimate rivalry and all that. But uh, there's definitely some magic in some of those other arenas that you just kind of want to be there for, just to get a sense of of what it feels like. Sure. We're so curious what the most popular answer to this question is going to be. Again, it was as a fan, the one ACC venue other than UNC that I really want to see Duke play in is blank. So if you're giving tickets to any ACC venue out there and Duke is the opponent, where are you wanting to go? I'd be curious what you have to say uh, down in the YouTube comments below. All right, let's move on. Uh, We've got the ACC-SEC challenge taking place. 
uh, the SEC team outside of Kentucky you want Duke to play in the ACC-SEC challenge is blank. We see Kentucky all the time. Uh, if you and I had to bet, I would imagine we will see Duke and Kentucky in the first edition of the ACC-SEC challenge if you're really looking for a good matchup to see those two teams play at Rupp and Cameron Indoor. But how did you answer this question? I actually went with Tennessee. I I, I got to have a rematch. You know, yeah. you know they, they really manhandled Duke in the tournament. I mean, they, they won by 13. You know, obviously Duke didn't – they weren't at full strength without a starter, but I think – and I think the team would probably be very hungry for that for that game as well. Tennessee is a good answer, Brian. Yeah, I really hadn't thought about the Vols, but Thompson Bowling Arena is a good venue and uh, can get a little rowdy or to see uh, their crowd kind of come over to, to um, Cameron Indoor Stadium, that'd be, that'd be pretty epic. So, uh, for me in this one, I often think about uh, Auburn, my mm. alma mater, right, to see – Duke and Auburn play uh, in an SEC ACC challenge would be pretty wild. They played in the 2019 Maui Invitational Tournament, but to see those two teams get a home and home. And then the Florida Gators were another team that I really spent some time considering outside of Kentucky just because uh, it feels like we've had a couple of paths crossing between Alex Murphy is a name uh, that played for both Duke and Florida in the last little over a decade plus. And the Gators do have a, a pretty good basketball program winning those back-to-back titles. And no uh, that was a team that I was thinking of too. Yeah, Auburn was my my 1B, so there you okay, go. Okay, <laughs> how about that? I like that. Shout out to the alma mater. I love that. All right, so let's know what, uh, what you think down below in the comments. Again, with this one, the SEC team outside of Kentucky, you want Duke to play uh, is who? And we will have your answers down below we've got more to go and we'll take our first break here on the program today locked on blue devils today is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. we keep talking about the nba finals and the nba playoffs because what a fun series we're getting to watch right now between the miami heat and the denver nuggets make a fast break to FanDuel during the nba playoffs because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to bet on all the playoff action in the NBA Finals than America's number one sports book. They've got Jimmy Butler scoring props, Nikola Jokic, how many assists will he have? Can he get another triple-double? All of those great player props and lines available at FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500 that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Moving forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, JJ Jackson alongside my pal Brian Horace at Duke Blogger on Twitter. All right, let's keep it going. Coming into the next season, blank should be the one to take the last shot in a close game. New players, new team going into 2023-2024. Who do you think should be taking the last shot? That was a tough one. Um, and I had to go with, I know the easy answer is to say, well, Kyle Filipowski, he led the team in scoring. But I think as far as creating their own shot, for me, it comes down to either Tyrese Proctor or Jeremy Roach, just because, um, you know, those guys have the high ball IQ. They can create their shot off the dribble, especially Tyrese. You know, he's um, – going to have a little bit of a size advantage over a lot of point guards, you know, being, you know, six, four, six, five ish. So I'd, I'd like to see Proctor take that last shot. 
I think I was going with Tyrese Proctor is my answer there. So I'm glad we're thinking alike in that regard. I love his ability to put the ball on the deck. We saw, speaking of, you know, uh, loving a rematch with Tennessee, in that Tennessee game in particular, the final game of the season, he was so aggressive with the ball in his hands. And I think he's only going to get more and more aggressive as he gets more and more comfortable playing that college game. So um, Jared McCain got a little bit of consideration, knowing the dead-eye shooter that – He's kind of expected to be. So, yeah, let's. Uh, I think Filipowski might be someone that you think about, but I think we'd rather go in the guard direction based on uh, the conversation we're having here. Oh, agree completely. I, I think it would have to be one of the guards. And, you know, if it came down to a late game situation, and let's say that guard, you know, and you got to Filipowski, his ability to pass out of a double team would probably lead to a guard taking that shot anyway. So, I definitely like uh, Proctor and/or Roach. And, you know, if it's one of those things that's on the wing, I'd love to see McCain taking that three. Yeah, let's make it happen. All right, so moving on. Tyrese Proctor will average blank points per game as a sophomore. Proctor averaged 9.4 points per game. We talk a lot about Filipowski going into the sophomore season with the ACC Rookie of the Year buzz that he had. But from a scoring production answer, I think people could be all over the board potentially here. What do you think? Taking shot in the dark here in June, how many points do you think Proctor will average as a sophomore? Um, I think he'll be up there between 14 and 15 a game, but I think he'll also be a high assist man as well. So I think, you know, he will probably, you know, defer some of his shots to get other guys better shots. And I think that's part of his, uh, you know, his ability to drive and kick. So 14 to 15 sounds about right for me. And that feels like a big jump, right? But it just, it also feels feasible. When I saw this question come across, 15 was the answer that first popped into my head. So, uh, again, going from 9.4 to 15 feels like a pretty big jump, but it also feels like Proctor's going to be more comfortable, as we were just talking about. I would think he's going to want to take more shots than he did a year ago. And so then maybe it's not as crazy as we once thought. Yeah, I think he was a little bit slow offensively coming into the season just because he didn't get there early. He got there late. And if you saw how he played in uh, in the tournament, he was averaging 10 points a game. So he was already starting to sort of, you know, tick up a little bit. And I think, you know, a natural progression would be, you know, between 14 and 15. Does that impact the other players scoring numbers? Again, I know this is – I wasn't asking for predictions there, but I would just be curious uh, because I agree with you. If it's 15 for Proctor, what kind of an impact does it have on others returning into the fold? Um, I don't think it will have that much of an impact because I think this will be a much more offensive oriented team than, than, than last year. I mean, the, the struggles offensively were well documented, you know, last season, but they started to sort of get past that later on in the season became one of the better offensive teams, you know, in the country. So I think it's going to, you know, the scoring in, in general for this team is going to increase. I think a lot, there are a lot more options. There's their guys that are a lot more comfortable taking shots. So I, and I think they're going to play faster. So I think they're going to be a lot more opportunities as well. So I don't think it'll impact in a, in a negative way. <clears throat> if anything, I think his assist numbers will also be, you know, a lot higher. So, yeah, what we've learned so far <laughs> here is that if it's a close game, we want the ball in Proctor's hands and we do think he's going to have an uptick in scoring. So all of those things seem to add up just a little bit. Uh, shout out to uh, Kyle Filipowski for the work that he's going to do this upcoming season uh, for Duke as well, because, you know, he was their scoring guy a season ago. He's all, we've already seen him be able to hit that 15 points per game mark. And yet yeah, thinking about uh, an improved offense all the way around, if you can get multiple guys comfortable scoring about that number of points, I think this Duke team's going to be able to create some noise. 
Agreed. Yep, love it. Well, we'll continue this conversation. We've got some more fill in the blanks, and we'll do that after our next time out here on the program. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Blue Devils your first listen and first watch each and every day. Shout out to all of our everydayers here on the program. We really hope that you've been enjoying this fill in the blank series that we've been doing over the past few days with a lot of my really good friends across the Duke basketball community. Uh, we want you to comment down below in the YouTube section who you think would want you would take the last shot for the Duke games uh, and so much more. All of those awesome conversations will be continuing throughout the summer here. Make sure you also check out Locked On College Basketball. Host Isaac Shade and Andy Patton do a remarkable job telling you everything that you need to know about the sport across the uh, league and the SEC, the ACC, all the big topics right now with players making final transfer portal decisions, a lot of freshmen arriving on campus across the country. Locked On College Basketball is your one-stop shop for all the great news here in the sport. Also make sure you take an opportunity to check out Locked On ACC with our host Candace Cooper. If she does a great job breaking down everything in the Atlantic Coast Conference, a lot of football conversation this time of year. A lot of people excited about Riley Leonard returning for yet another season with Duke football. The quarterback could be in Heisman conversations. They're having those conversations over at Locked On ACC. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Brian Horace at Duke Blogger here with us. So, uh, Brian, let's keep it moving. Let's keep going. But before we do that, I would like for you to promote DukeBlogger.com. Tell me a little bit about your website. Uh, yes, sir. All things Duke basketball. Um, you know, now that the uh, the roster is probably somewhat set, um, our articles are going to start filtering in about, uh, you know, my predictions as far as, you know, starters um, you know, how people are going to be played, what they're going to do defensively. All of that stuff's coming up in the next uh, few weeks or so. But, um, you know, that's what we're doing. Now that we've got players back on campus, now that June 1st was the official NCAA Division One kickoff day for uh, players to be on the court in the practice-type settings, uh, we're going to get more opportunities for uh, Shire to speak publicly for these players to talk a little bit about uh, what they've been up to over the off season. So now that some summer media opportunities start to uh, pick up, we're going to know a little bit more about the Stoop team, right? Exactly. Um, you know, I <clears throat> suspect there will be a lot of change from last year to this year in terms of how they play both defensively and offensively. So it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what, uh, what Shire comes to the table with is, is in terms of letting the media know. Yeah, let's make it happen. Super excited to see what this Duke team can accomplish. So got a few more topics to tackle here in our fill-in-the-blanks, so let's keep it moving. Blank will be the next Duke player to win an NBA championship. You could be sneaky with a little answer here uh, for folks that are currently watching that finals between the Heat and the Nuggets and uh, Jack White being on the roster that was my for guy. the Denver Nuggets. So, uh, yeah, Jack White, is, is that where you were headed? Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, I think that's a, a slam dunk answer. So if we take Jack White out of the equation, who do you think can get the job done? Who do you think could be the next Duke guy to win an NBA championship ring? I think it'll be Tatum. I, I think the Celtics were a um, were a point guard away from probably being you know in the finals this season. You know, they rookie coach um, 
you know, they, they didn't have Gallinari, who I think would probably have made a huge difference in this particular series against Miami. Uh, and they went up, and they just went up against a, a Jimmy Butler, who who was just determined to 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 get to you know to drag that team to the finals. And um, I think that team will put it together. They're still you know a fairly young team. They can still add some pieces, and they have some pieces coming back. So I I, I think Tatum and uh, the Celtics will get it done. I think they'll be the next. Yeah, Tatum feels like a a good answer, given how good Boston's been over the last few seasons. Like, it feels as though a championship could be on the horizon. Um, I still keep thinking about Grayson Allen as an answer to this question, potentially being a member for the Milwaukee Bucks, right? We've had um, Giannis kind of phase back, fall back over the last uh, few seasons in terms of the Bucks making a deep postseason run, but it feels as though Milwaukee is set for another deep, title run and then therefore Grayson could be a championship level player that definitely could happen I mean they you know I don't know what happened in that first round for them but uh they're definitely gonna you know they're gonna be back you know new coach coming in this this season and that lineup is still you know not a good lineup so there's there's not a lot that needs to change there and like credit to Grayson right so like all respect out there to Jack White super excited that he's getting this opportunity and that here in a few days, uh, it looks like the Nuggets will win this series and we're going to be able to say Jack White is an NBA champion. Grayson Allen is out there starting for Milwaukee, shooting near 40% from three. I mean, he has really turned into a quality NBA-level player and contributing to a team that was atop the Eastern Conference all of this past season. We know how good Tatum has been from an all-NBA level, but it's just really cool to see Duke players getting a lot of run on the court thriving and being a big reason why their team's able to win a championship. Oh, agree completely. And the thing about Grayson coming in, you know, from high school, even he wasn't known as a three point shooter. You know, he was a guy that had unbelievable physical skills. And the fact that that's his go-to now, you know, (laughs) even at Duke, he, you know, he, he morphed into that from a guy that was like, you know, a driver to a guy that was like shooting effortless threes is just amazing. That, that, that shows, you know, the, the hard work that he's put in and, you know, now he's a starter on a, you know, a championship level team is just amazing. We love that. All right. So who do you think will be the next Duke player to win an NBA championship? Let us know down in the comments below uh, what your thoughts are with that one. And then finally, we've got one more to go. Fill in the blanks here today on Lockdown Blue Devils. Blank is my favorite Duke team to win the NCAA championship. Blank is my favorite Duke team to win the NCAA title. You know, you often hear people want to know from Coach K's perspective what he would say out of the five championship teams, who's the favorite, who's the best, all of those. And uh, he probably and, and has given the diplomatic answer of, you know, I love all my children the same, so to speak. All titles are created equally. But we can admit if there's a favorite title uh, that we were able to watch out of the five over the last um, – you know, 25, 40 seasons of, of Duke basketball. So uh, when I look at this one, my answer that quickly comes to mind uh, is 2010, uh, taking a look at what that team was able to accomplish. And part of that, just from the fans' perspective here, being that as a 27-year-old in 2001 when the Blue Devils won, a little too young to kind of remember all of those emotions and moments and whatnot, and then be, coming into the world in 1995 – missed out on those 91 and 92 title teams. So 2010, like actively knowing what's happening and getting to truly feel that 
for the first time as a fan. That's just something that I'll never forget. Uh, and what a fun year that was. So again, I'm not going to be diplomatic here. I'm going to put you on the spot, Brian. Uh, when you look at a question like this, what were the thoughts that came to your mind? Well, two came to came to mind for me, and it, and it was the last two. My first okay. answer was 2010, just as yours was, um, just because that's you know that team had three seniors, you know Shire, uh, Zubek, and Thomas, and they went through some trials and tribulations in their four years. I mean, first season together, they lost in the first round. Next season, second round third season sweet 16 and then they won a championship so just you know a team that stuck together like that and then you know and and that fourth year really paid off for them that was that was my first answer and they were just it was just a a fun team to watch you know they didn't have all the you know the glitz and the in the and the the glamour of you know guys that were you know dunking over people and all that they just played good basketball played good defense and it was you know it was it was fun to watch but my other answer was uh Figuring, I figured you would say 2010. So, <laughs> so I also thought about the 2015 team and how, you know, like like the kids say nowadays, it was a movie. It was really a movie. Yeah. It was a fun team to watch. They only lost four games that year. I mean, that was just impressive. Dominant team, yeah. Um, they 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 swept UNC as did the 2010 team, um, and their defense on that team. They held their uh, their opponents in the tournament to 56 points. I mean, that's just that's high level execution on the defensive end. And just, it's a fun team to watch. And they just seemed like they were so together. You know, they, it was a team that I think really, really liked each other, hated each other on the court in practice. Yeah. We got <laughs> against another team. They loved each other. Absolutely. You wouldn't want to go to war with anyone else. That's for sure. So you proved also that uh, you could win a championship, you know, starting four freshmen. Right. Made it happen. Made it happen. And uh, hopefully we get something like that again here soon with this upcoming season uh, that we could add them to the list and we'd have six different teams to have to choose from when it comes to that answer. Again, much love out there to Hurley and Hill and Leitner and the great teams that were there um, and Jay Will getting it done in 2001. But again, Blank is my favorite Duke team to win the NCAA championship. I'm sure a lot of people have different perspectives from where they were at in their lives from title teams. And I'd love to have those conversations um, here with you, Duke fans. So let us know what you think about that one there. Brian, it's always so much fun to have off-season conversations like this with you. You're always far too kind with your time. And uh, I really do want people to go check out your awesome work at dukeblogger.com. Give you a follow at dukeblogger. And, yeah, just thank you again for all the visits that we've had. And I know that there are going to be plenty more coming here on the program. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. All right, that's my pal Brian Horace joining us here on today's program. Thanks so much for your support here of Locked On Blue Devils. I'll be back with you later in the week to give you another awesome episode here of the program. That'll do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you soon. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.